Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the Total Dream Life Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Dickert, and we've got a fun one for you today. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Total Dream Life Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Thomas Dickert. I'm a chiropractor, meditation teacher, entrepreneur, and lover of life, and I'm excited to have you join me for this week's episode. First of all, news and notes. Over the weekend, I celebrated a birthday with a very close friend. It was a great time. We had a lot of fun, and it was a great reminder for the importance of connections in our life. I'm very grateful for the people that are close to me. I love and appreciate all of them. I want to shout them all out, thank them for their support and their love. You know, it's really a big part of being alive. It means the world to me. It's very high on my values list is my friendships and my relationships. And it actually plays into our podcast today in a very special way. Um, What else is going on? So I think I'm getting better at editing and recording. I'm starting to get the hang of it. As you'll notice in this week's episode, the music should fade out when we start talking and not just suddenly stop. Uh, That was one piece of feedback that I got from a close friend. Um, And basically for the first four or five weeks of the podcast, I just didn't know how to do it. But after a deep dive into some YouTube videos, I'm starting to get the hang of editing on GarageBand. And it should give me the opportunity to start to play around and have some fun with the sound of the podcast. Um, speaking of feedback, we've been getting a lot of great feedback, uh, some positive, some constructive. Um, one thing that I may do after hearing some feedback from last week's episode, I might go back and re-edit it so that the meditation practice isn't in the middle of the podcast. I got some notes that that was a little bit awkward having five minutes of dead air in essentially in the middle of the podcast. So I may go back, re-release that as part of a special edition, move the meditation practice to after the credits, and that way, anytime you want to use the meditation practice, you can just jump to that spot. Um, Alternatively, I might just cut it out and put it as a separate release, but we'll figure it out. Um, Yeah, so we're getting great feedback. People seem to be enjoying the podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. Uh, Every time you share this with a friend or a family member or an acquaintance, it helps the podcast grow, Um, and it just makes for a more fun experience. The more of us that we are in here, the more opportunities for social connection, the more opportunities for us to feel good uh, and learn from each other and grow together and build a community, yada, yada, yada. So that's some of the things I'm excited about. Uh, Let's see. Some other parts of my quote-unquote dream life. I'm finding a lot of joy right now in doing more shorter exercises throughout the day. I think for a long time I had it in my head that like it's not an exercise unless I go to a 45-minute class or I go to a 50-minute class and I need to go and do this. Um, And what I'm working on right now and what I'm really enjoying is doing one or two or three 15-minute workouts at random points throughout the day. I'm finding that a lot easier to fit into my schedule. Believe it or not, making a podcast takes up a little bit of time that I used to dedicate to those classes. So as I figure out that balance in my life, doing a 15-minute core exercise or a 20-minute row at the end of the day or doing a quick you know, ab workout at lunchtime has been a lot of fun and it's really helping me maintain my goals. 
I'm also still wearing my glucose monitor, which is a lot of fun. I'm seeing a lot of really cool insights, and you can stay tuned for the glucose podcast that will be coming up soon once I finish with the monitor. Uh, Additionally, that helps with the exercise because doing like a 15, 20-minute or even shorter, doing like five, 10 reps of 10 push-ups and squats can really help to minimize a glucose spike after you eat. And that's just one of the hacks from the Glucose Goddess book. Uh, I'm currently reading a really cool book. It's called 4,000 Weeks. The idea of the book is that if you live to be 80, you get 4,000 weeks in your life. So we tend to talk about the 100-year lifestyle in practice, and that's the goal. So let's say you get 5,000 weeks in your life. It really helps put it into perspective uh, how much time you have, how much time you've used, and how urgent it is to figure out what's important, what you want to focus on, and kind of get rid of the distractions. So again, the book's called The 4,000 Weeks. It's a great read so far. I'm about a third of the way through, I think, and highly recommend so far. We started watching this show Poker Face over the weekend. That's been a lot of fun. Um, light, kind of detective, whodunit sort of thing. Good time. Highly recommend. And the most exciting part about the week is we're going to New Mexico this weekend to meet up with some friends. So I'm really excited to get out, see the desert, uh, be in nature, see a different climate, a different environment. I'd say that desert's probably one of the environments I've spent the least amount of time in. Uh, But every time I go there, I feel a really great connection and a really uh, big sense of awe. So that's what we're looking forward to this week. Stay tuned next week. I'll either have the podcast recorded from New Mexico or I will be talking about it, uh, I'm sure. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. So this week we've got an exciting topic. It's a big topic. It's probably one of my more ambitious uh, podcasts to date. So this week we're going to talk about dopamine. I'm going to try and do it in a way that's informative without being too technical. Talk about ways that it impacts the dream life. uh, Different things we can do to affect our dopamine levels. And touch on some ideas of how we might be stressing that system out in our body right now. So first things first. What's dopamine? Dopamine's a neurotransmitter. It's known in popular culture as like a feel-good neurotransmitter. And really what it does is when we are anticipating an event and anticipating a positive outcome, our brain starts to release dopamine. And then when we have a positive outcome, it releases more dopamine. So what this does, when the neurons in your brain release it, It's part of what's known as like reward-motivated behavior, meaning it's encouraging the anticipation of the reward, uh, and that gives you more dopamine, which makes you more likely to repeat that behavior in the future so that you can get more dopamine. Um, Dopamine, because of this, can be highly addictive uh, in all animals, but obviously we're talking about humans today. Uh, Many different drugs can affect dopamine, either raising dopamine levels or blocking your body's reabsorption of it. Um, Dopamine has effects throughout our body. 
Uh, it affects our blood vessels. It affects our kidneys. It affects our digestion. It has effects on our immune system. And it also affects our ability to get good sleep and how our, how our body experiences pain. Um, some different diseases that involve dopamine are diseases like Parkinson's disease, schizophrenia, restless leg syndrome, ADHD, multiple sclerosis, and depression. All of these are different things that imbalances in your dopamine levels can affect. I, for one, know several people that have these diseases. I'm sure you do as well. So it would behoove us to figure out ways that we can have healthy dopamine levels to help limit the effects of some of these conditions. Uh, so dopamine inside of our brain, which is primarily what we're going to talk about today, acts as a neuromodulator and a neurotransmitter, meaning it affects our mood, it affects our behavior, and it affects communications between different neurons and cells in the brain. Dopamine plays a key role in your executive function, you know, your self-control, your decision-making, uh, things like that, uh, your thought processes, your motor control, your ability to control your body, um, your arousal, your sexual gratification, and it reinforces rewards. Um, and it is itself a reward, which is how it reinforces the behaviors that help release it. So dopamine rewards us for positive behaviors, and it motivates us to repeat them. And that's the important thing, and that's where we can get kind of tripped up. Um, so dopamine in our body, dopamine synthesis, dopamine receptors in the brain, these things decrease with age. So as we're living a healthy lifestyle and trying to live to 100 years and beyond, we're going to want to be conscious of dopamine, and we're going to want to make sure it's as healthy as it can be in our bodies. Um, it's a major player in why people get addicted to certain drugs like amphetamines uh, because these artificially cause our body to release more dopamine um, and give us that high, that excitement, that sensation, and make us uh, crave more. It's also why we love technology so much, but we'll get into that in a bit. Um, so let's talk, actually, about technology. Uh, so cell phones, tablets things like that, these in and of themselves are not huge problems as far as dopamine. You know, your cell phone, your tablet, your computer is effectively a tool. But because most of the apps that we use are free-based and get paid for by advertisers, it's very important to different apps to keep our attention as long as possible. So one of the ways they use this is by taking advantage of the dopamine pathways in our body, um, I'd say. So looking into this, the average adult spends about two to four hours a day on devices. Uh, and this is important because humans, by nature, we're social creatures. Over the years, we've evolved to be social. It's a, one of our main strategies is working together. Uh, we get a lot of dopamine as a reward for positive social behavior, for being around friends, for being around family. Like I mentioned in the intro, had a birthday party for a close friend over the weekend, got to see friends I hadn't seen since before the pandemic. Um, being around these people that you have deep social connections with and that are important to you can release dopamine. Having a good time with your friends can release dopamine. Dancing, listening to music, all of these things release dopamine in our body. Um, so our brains are inherently wired to be social, and they reward us for it. 
So obviously that could be a bit of a challenge over the last couple of years because with the pandemic, many of us were locked inside. Um, I felt very lucky that chiropractic was an essential service because that meant I get to I got to keep going out into public, keep going out into the real world, and keep interacting with people on a regular basis. Um, one of the big things for healthy aging is having positive social interactions on a regular basis. I think we've talked about blue zones before, but blue zones are these areas of the world where people live longer. They live 100-year lifestyles naturally, and they study these places to try and figure out what is the factor, what's the trigger, what are the things that help these people live longer lives. And some of it's diet, some of it's activity levels, but one of the big things is having a vast, rich social network, having experiences like going to the grocery store, going to a farmer's market, going to the post office, going to the local tavern and sitting with people on a regular basis. And what we find conversely is that in modern life, many of us don't get these opportunities. In fact, many of us have these opportunities replaced with apps. You know, So rather than going to the grocery store and interacting with a bunch of strangers, you're going and maybe running into a friend, you're going to an app and having your groceries delivered. You know, rather than calling up the Chinese food restaurant to order your food, you're going to an app, you don't have to talk to anyone, but there's an opportunity right there for a social interaction, which is an opportunity for more dopamine, which is an opportunity for some healthy uh, aging and some healthy reward systems in your brain. Obviously, the more of these we cut out, the more we lack that dopamine, the more we have to get it other places, the more we can kind of isolate ourselves and live a life online or in the cloud. Um, so dopamine, like we said, is a reward for positive social behavior. Smart devices, though, significantly amplify our opportunity for social behavior. Uh, they do this with things like likes, comments, etc., and those things can become very addictive. So how does it amplify our opportunity for social behavior, you ask? Good question. <laughs> um, so essentially, throughout evolution, humans typically would be in small groups or small communities, and the thought process is that the average human can handle you know, somewhere around 150 social connections in their day-to-day -day life. You know, maybe only five to 10 to 20 of those are very close social connections. And then the other 100 to 120 of them are, you know, the postman, the delivery person, you know, the person at the checkout line at the grocery store, the people you interact with every day that maybe aren't close social connections, but you have kind of that next, that like sub level um, relationship with. Uh, so social media gives us access to, you know, billions of other people around the world and we can interact with them. We can shout on Twitter. We can post pictures on Instagram. We can put movies on YouTube. We can write fan fiction. Uh, we can do all sorts of things and get interactions with multiple times the amount of people that we would normally have if we were living in a pre-internet society. Um, so this is cool as far as growing, learning, finding new 
friends, finding new ways of life, seeing different perspectives, but it also off offers an opportunity to overwhelm our brain. Um, so in our brain, there's four main dopamine, dopamine pathways. Three of them are centered around reward and pleasure. And those three can be very effective, affected by your use of technology. Um, these three are the ones that are seen when they do scientific studies and research. These are the ones that are susceptible to addiction. And all three become active in anticipation and in experience of positive events. So just like when you're in the casino uh, and you're playing a slot machine, your cell phone, the apps take advantage of these same kind of reflexes and inborn, innate uh, ways of being in our brain. I was actually in a casino in December of 2022. I was there with some friends. And we don't, we're not really gamblers. We were mostly there to eat and dance and have fun. But we played a little bit of, you know, a little, little bit of casino games. And a couple of my friends were playing the slot machines. And afterwards, they came over and they're like, it just feels so nice. It's comfortable. You're there. It feels good. And we all agreed that we could see how people could spend hours sitting at a slot machine. And the reason is because the slot machine is specifically designed to stimulate and trigger dopamine release. Um, the way it does this is by giving you a series of rewards. There's something called a variable reward pattern where as long as humans perceive the reward to be random and they get it at a frequent enough uh, clip, they will sit down and continue to play it and continue to get dopamine released because they don't know when it's going to happen. But when it happens, there's a big dopamine release. And in between, every time they pull the lever or check to see how many likes they have or pull up Facebook, there's an anticipation that there might be a reward, that there might be likes, that there might be positive reinforcement. And that anticipation also releases dopamine. And this is how dopamine can start to influence our behavior. Um, and essentially, for some people, it can cause us to be hooked on activities. It can lead to addiction. Um, so when you think about your phone, your phone's essentially like a penny slot machine. It doesn't cost me a lot to pull my phone out and check Instagram. It's not a big cost to my day to log into whatever app and see who's responded to the picture I posted or the video I made or the podcast I made. Um, one of the things I've been doing with the podcast, I'm not really paying attention to the stats. Obviously, I love hearing the feedback, so let me know your feedback. But in the meantime, I'm not doing it in a way that's leading directly to dopamine release by checking the stats, seeing how it's acting. That's not really my concern, but I also know that that has an opportunity for me to get uh, too into it. So it's something I keep in mind. So the low cost to checking our phone versus the high dopamine reward for having 100 likes on the photo we just made is what leads us to constantly, constantly be checking our phones, constantly searching for that hit of dopamine. Um, so the best way that I've found so far to limit this and kind of modify the behavior is you want to make sure when you have your phone, when you have your tablet and these different devices, you want to turn off as many notifications as possible. Because one of the big ways that they hook our dopamine receptors is by getting an alert in the middle of the day 
oh, you just got a like on Instagram. Well, next thing you know, you're on Instagram for 45 minutes, checking things, getting dopamine, and not having that positive behavior where if you didn't have the alert turned on, then you wouldn't have opened up the app to begin with. So you want to be intentional about when you're checking your social media. You can try different things like having times throughout the day when you check it, just like if you had a system where you said, hey, I check email at 11 and I check email at 5 and those are the two times I look at email. You can say, hey, at this time of day I check Instagram. I do it for this amount of time. You can even set a timer. But you really want to be intentional about these things because they really are having a big effect on us. But enough about technology. I feel like I'm starting to sound like an elderly person who's complaining about kids these days. So let's get on to the fun stuff. Let's talk about how to increase our dopamine. So, spoiler alert. When we talk about how to increase dopamine, it's going to sound a lot like when I talk about the dream life. Diet, rest, exercise, alignment, mental headspace. All of these things are the ways that we foster and maintain healthy dopamine levels. So diet's a good one. You know, there's things we can do diet wise to uh, maintain and support healthy levels of dopamine. So there's a uh, amino acid called tyrosine, which may improve dopamine levels. It's a precursor of dopamine. So diets that are high in tyrosine include chicken and other poultry, dairy. So, you know, eggs, cheeses, that sort of thing, milk. Um, avocados, soy products, bananas, pumpkins, and sesame seeds. When I was going through this list, I was laughing because these are probably like, you know, in the top 30% of the staples of my diet. So let's have a few notes on these things. So chicken, poultry, turkey, ducks, whatever it is, the birds. As always, you want birds that are free range, living a life where they can go out in a field eat bugs, eat dirt, peck around with the rocks, find different things to do, see grass, see sunlight. There's a big problem in this country with factory farming. Um, the way chickens are treated in these big factory farms is appalling. It's enough to make people give up eating animals altogether. Uh, but for me personally, what I find is that by eating healthy, responsibly raised, ethically raised animals, I'm able to do it in a way that I feel comfortable. If you're not, that's fine with you. But if you are eating animals, I suggest that you dig deep and look at some of these processes and see how you can do it in a way that doesn't support more suffering. There's a great book called Eating Animals. Highly recommend. But if you're eating chicken, free range, you want them outside, you want them happy, if you can get them from a small independent farm, that's going to be the best. Um, Kind of the same thing with dairy. So I'm at the point in my life where dairy is like has been a two-sided coin my entire life. Dairy can make things I love, like cheese. Um, you know, growing up, we were always, every meal had a glass of milk with it. So these days, I almost never drink milk. One of the reasons is because in New York, it's not legal to get raw milk. The only milk you can get is pasteurized, and that's not for me. Um, but when I have cheese, which I have very often, I almost exclusively, if I have a choice, am getting dairy from grass-fed cows. The difference between grass-fed cows and corn-fed cows is night and day. It's the difference between, oh, don't have butter because butter raises your cholesterol and gives you a heart attack, or 
have this butter that's grass-fed because it's actually anti-inflammatory and will make you healthier. You know, it goes for cheese, it goes for milk. If it doesn't say grass-fed on the dairy product, do not put it in your body. It can cause inflammation, it can cause skin disorders, it can cause allergies, it can cause mucus production, and all of these things are amplified if the animal that made the dairy product is living a stressed out, inflamed life. Um, avocados, love avocados. I could eat avocados every day. One of the other great things about avocados, they have a really thick skin on them, so I'm not super hung up about having organic avocados. Uh, at least from a nutritional standpoint, obviously organic's better for the planet, but for the health of the avocado, because it has that thick skin, all the pesticides and nonsense stay on the skin, and nobody eats the avocado skin. Uh, pro tip, if you have a blender that's powerful enough, like a Vitamix, you can blend the avocado pit into a smoothie. It's a great source of fiber, of prebiotics, of probiotics. Um, it blends up really well. Even putting avocado in a smoothie is something I didn't realize I could do until a few years ago. It makes for a really thick, really creamy uh, smoothie. Um, it even can be really good as like the base for some, si some sort of bowl. Uh, so soy products we mentioned. Soy is great, but soy is also one of the most genetically modified foods around. So you want to be, again, aware. Is it an organic soy product? Or is it a genetically modified soy product? So one of the cool things about soy, for years they said, oh, if you're a man, don't have soy. Soy acts like estrogen in your body. Duh, duh, duh. Really, what we've found is that the soy molecules are similar to the estrogen molecules in a way that they actually block estrogen in your body which would therefore raise the testosterone in your body. So soy can actually be very good for both men and women, um, and it's not going to encourage higher estrogen levels, but you want to make sure that it's not genetically modified. Bananas are like avocados. I don't care from a nutrition standpoint um, about the pesticides because they have a thick peel that I don't use, but if you're going to use the banana peel for something else, like skincare or... Um, I don't know, composting, it's worthwhile to have an organic one, presumably, because that's going to have less toxins in it. Pumpkins and sesame seeds are great. There is a, I always have a bag of pumpkin seeds. You want to get seeds that are sprouted when you can. So seeds, nuts, you know, things like that that can be sprouted. It increases the amount of nutritional um, benefits. It decreases the amount of anti-nutrients, which block your absorption of nutrients, uh, and they're really easy to find. You can get bags of sprouted pumpkin seeds. They're not expensive. They're tasty. They can go on anything. You can throw them in salads. You can eat them by hand. You can put them in your smoothies. They taste delicious. Um, sesame seeds, same thing. You can definitely find those in healthy versions and put them into your salads and your smoothies and things like that. So other diet changes that'll help increase dopamine. You want to increase that protein, which is a general rule. Most of us need to be increasing protein, right? Um, we're big fans of relatively high protein for people that are physically active, that are living the dream life, that want to build strong, healthy bones and muscles and want to live to be 100 years and more. Uh, you want to decrease your saturated fat. It's not news to anyone. So be aware of it. Prebiotics. We've talked about prebiotics in a previous episode. Prebiotics 
are things that you eat that will positively encourage beneficial growth of your gut microbiome. So the classic one is inulin, which is an insoluble fiber that's found in um, onions and other uh, vegetables. And it's something that our body doesn't break down, doesn't digest. That's what insoluble means. But the bacteria that live in our gut love it. It's like a party for them. So the more of that you can get into yourself, the healthier your gut microbiome is going to be, the healthier your dopamine levels are going to be. One fun side note about that is they've, you know, recently realized that there are cells in your gut, in your digestive tract, that can also produce dopamine. Uh, so it's not just produced in your brain. And the way it gets produced in your gut is by having a healthy uh, gut biome, healthy microflora, and those things lead to more uh, consistent and more healthy dopamine production. And they also talked about certain legumes that actually increase dopamine directly, something called velvet beans, which I'm not familiar with, I've never had, and fava beans, which I'm, I think I've had a few times, but mostly know about from Silence of the Lambs. Uh, but these beans actually can increase the amount of dopamine you have as well. So what other things? Well, let's think diet, rest, exercise. So the other things that can increase dopamine, exercise. Exercise is a huge one. Um, you get that post-workout high, that you know runner's high. That's all dopamine hitting your system. And it's pretty easy to trigger. It's pretty easy to maintain. And it's something we all want to be doing as part of our healthy 100-year lifestyle. Getting proper sleep. We've already done a whole podcast on sleep. Go back and check it out. But the better, more consistent, and in rhythm your sleep is, the better your dopamine production is going to be. Um, obviously, sex is another one that we've talked about so far, saying sex is a big way to release dopamine. It's one of the things that makes it so enjoyable. So get out there, get busy, have fun. Um, music. Listening to music is a great way for humans to release dopamine. So one of the things my friends and I love to do is going to live music uh, because it gives you the opportunity to hear the music, which releases dopamine, gives you an opportunity to dance, which releases dopamine. It gives you an opportunity to be in a social environment, which releases dopamine. It's a win-win-win. Um, another topic that we've already touched on in the podcast, meditation. Meditation, there is some building evidence that meditation can increase dopamine levels in people, help them manage their stress better, um, just help them be better in touch with their body, but also it can help to release the dopamine, which is really cool to see. Sunlight exposure is a huge one. So I'm in the northeast of North America, and we only get significant sunlight that can help in this sort of thing for about five, six months out of the year. Uh, just like getting your vitamin D levels, the sunlight exposure can help with your dopamine by triggering your brain to release more dopamine. Some of the tricks for this is you want to spend regular amount of time outside. You know, It doesn't have to be hours. It can be 15, 20 minutes a day if you're doing it consistently. And what I'll do when I go outside for like the first 5, 10 minutes that I'm outside, I don't wear my sunglasses. I want to get a little more sunlight in the eye because when the sunlight hits your eyes, it triggers your brain in a way that releases these hormones much more significantly than when you go outside with the sunblock sunglasses on. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that you should never wear sunglasses. Don't go out and burn your eyeballs off, but 
have a few minutes where you get some sun directly into your brain. Don't stare at the sun. Uh, just be outside without sunglasses, five to 10 minutes. So my favorite part of the dream lifestyle, chiropractic. So body work like chiropractic has been shown to help dopamine levels. It can increase dopamine levels by stimulating your body, by releasing stress, releasing tension, helping you to move better, helping you to sleep better, helping you to be more relaxed, be more comfortable. All of these things lead to better dopamine production. A properly regulated nervous system is gonna help with your ability to do all these things, and it's gonna help with the dopamine release. Chiropractic is all about your nervous system. It's about getting stress off your spine, stress off the nerves, so your body can function better, so your body can be healthier. And one of the things that happens when you have less stress on your nervous system, you have a better function of all your body systems. So that would mean that you also have better function of your dopamine systems. So go get adjusted. Obviously, we've talked about meditation already, so let's move on. In a nutshell, dopamine plays a huge role in our life. It affects everything from our behavior to our happiness to our habits and our activities. Um, the ways we get dopamine is by doing all of the things that make us human, by living a dream life, by getting adjusted, by being social animals, by eating right, by sleeping well, you know, by having a positive mental attitude supported by meditation. So, in conclusion, let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if there's something I missed or something you didn't understand. Reach out to me. Let me know what you thought about the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. I appreciate you being here. Um, I love and appreciate everyone who's listening and who's sharing and who's liking online. I'm really excited about going to New Mexico. I look forward to sharing the experience with you when I get back. Uh, in the, and so yeah, enjoy your week, get out there, get uncomfortable, get outside of your comfort zone, spend some time with yourself, make sure you meditate and I'll see you next week. Love and appreciate you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to share this podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social at Moby Dickert and learn more about me and the podcast at thomasdickert.com.